0: You're listening to the Cubicles and Christ Podcast. Cubicles and Christ Podcast, where Christian professionals connect and grow authentically in spirit, business, and life. I'm Kelly Johnson, your host, an author and certified executive coach. loves to talk about all the ways we can live a life of purpose. Let's talk about it now. I'm back with Theidra Jackson, blogger and creator of kingskid.com. We had such a great conversation last week where we were talking about remembering our identity. Today we want to talk about what Teatra calls living a crowned life. And at Cubicles in Christ, I think we have some similarities and some synergies because we're all about inspiring people to live the congruent life, what I call the congruent life, mm-hmm. where faith and our relationship with the Lord is intertwined with everything we do. So Teadra, I really would love to hear more about this concept of a crowned life and how you got to that point in your life where you want to be in total alignment with God's will and plan?
1: So a crown life is literally taking all the jewels of knowledge and wisdom. So think of each lesson that you've learned and visualize it as a jewel. And as you learn those things, as you gain those jewels, or as you seek those jewels, you literally place them in your brain. And what's on top of your head, your hair, but you put a crown on top of your head. So it's literally filling your crown with jewels of knowledge and wisdom, but not being afraid to take a jewel out of that crown to pass on to somebody else, which is where the mentoring part comes in at. Mm. And this... Can happen anywhere or any aspect of your life. It's not only for church, it's not only for people in corporate America, it's for parents, it's for women, single women, married women. No matter what stage of life that you're in, the crown fits, whether you realize it or not. Understanding that we all have jewels that are in our crown, number one. And not being afraid to take the jewel out to pass it to somebody else.
0: Wow. That's so important because I think sometimes we can try to hoard, hoard what we have Mm -hmm. and we don't always share it. So what inspires you to want to share?
1: Because it's not always about me. It's really and truly not about me as I'm going through career and all of that, also realizing that this is for me to pass on to somebody else. So when I have mentees that are part of Student Government Association and our school is trying to be a satellite place, I'm telling my mentor how that's very much so equivalent to companies and organizations trying to understand how to engage a remote workforce. Yeah, yeah. So helping helping connect the dots and to see that this is not about you. This is not about you. And that's hard sometimes because sometimes life is hard and you get caught up in all of what you're going through. But at the core of it is, how can I pass this on? I've, I always say I sit at the intersection of a mentor and the mentee. So I always have people pouring into me. That'll be selfish of me to just hoard it. And that's also coming from a place of scarcity and not abundance, right? right.
0: Absolutely.
1: Is it at its core? It's really not about me. There have been plenty of times where I've gone through something, and I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me. And I have a friend or somebody that comes to me, and I'm like, you know what? Let me just share this with you. And I, it's just, it flows. It's flowing. It comes to me and through me. That's awesome.
0: What does the congruent life mean to you? And how did you get to the point in your career where you wanted to be in total alignment with God?
1: So I was in a place to where. I'm a pray God. I'm a pray over my home, my finances. I'm praying over everything but my career separated the two. Mm. So at some point you're kind of living not you're living two different lives, but in the way that you are, like the way that you show up outside of work is completely different than the way that you show up inside of work. When you're showing up outside of work, I used to always tell people, my life outside of work is amazing. It is mm-hmm. bombing. But going into work, I'm just like, this is not a crown of life. Like, <laughs> this is just, this is not it. I'm not feeling crowned, Jesus. I'm sorry. So, and after doing that for so long, that weighs on you mentally, physically, emotionally. It weighs on you to where you want to seek to be crowned in every aspect. So I started taking the proper steps, being intentional, getting jewels from people in my career to help me not only just be my authentic self, but help me create those crowning moments in my career not just outside of my career and I'm a millennial so engagement is key engagement is key I need to like I, I need to be fed I'm, I'm very needy in a sense however I'm gonna show up for you I will show up I'm hungry to learn but I'm also hungry to implement so if I'm not getting that from a millennial standpoint I'm just not engaged I'm it's 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 not a, we're not congruent. If, if that's a good. If that's a good word to use. We're not congruent. So for me, it became a necessity for me to have God in every aspect of my life. Mm. So that's what it meant to incorporate God in each aspect and to welcome Him. He's a gentleman. He sit at the door and knock. So right. will we open the door? Or would we just sit there for the longest? I didn't open the door, which is why I wasn't living a crown life. I can't live a crown life without the king. Right, right. Wow.
0: So I remember you telling me a story, and we'll obviously leave names out to protect the innocent. But I remember you sharing with me that you worked so hard at one point to get in, to get accepted by a crowd. But once Mm -hmm. you were there, it just wasn't all that. Can you can you share that with us now?
1: It was out of alignment. That's another out of alignment example to where I worked to try to be who they wanted me to be and do what they wanted me to do. And I'll sit there. It's not crowned. I don't feel crowned. I felt like I was forcing myself to be somebody that I wasn't. But in certain environments, sometimes we feel that way. Like, I have to do this to, you know, get the relationship or make this happen. So I just stopped showing up. I stopped showing up and I understood the ramifications of that. I may not have had the same relationship that all of them had, but I did have a relationship. But I wanted friends who were like me in Christ focused. I wanted friends who was out there writing books or writing journals. That's what I was doing. I was writing a book. I was journaling. I was just feeding myself spiritually. And that's what I wanted. So for a while, I stopped forcing myself to go and be a part of something that I wasn't. I only have one hour, one lunchtime. And I'm spending that one hour being somebody that I'm not.
0: Wow. Wow. And it's
1: painful that's painful. So I stopped. I just I stopped and I felt better. So on my lunches I would read, if I needed to take a power nap, I'll sleep, I'll journal. I started to do the things that was organically true to where I felt like
0: I was authentically myself. So how do you balance that we're in the world, we're not of the world. Like that's such a delicate balance. How are you finding ways to be spiritually authentic? in all that you do, but still be, um, I don't know, effective in the workplace or in other things that you do?
1: One thing I realized is everybody that's, that's in the workplace, they, at their core, they all have a heart. Whether we agree to how they operate or not, they all have a heart. And God sends you people in the workplace to minister to so my, my first encounter with, I guess you would call it ministering in a workplace, one guy, he came to my cubicle and he was like, well, I see you have a prayer up there. And I said, yes, I do. He was like, well, somebody's going to ask you to take that down. I said, well, is it you? And he was like, no. I said, well, this, however big this cubicle is, this is my space and it's covered. And nobody literally came. But I also realized people, when they would come to me and I'm speaking to them, I'll send them a sermon. Um, I'll give them a quote. There have been, I used to keep sticky notes on my desk. And it was a sticky note wall. And if somebody's saying something, I'll read the sticky note, take it off my wall and give it to them. So those were my little assignments. I didn't go around, oh, praise the Lord, (laughs) holly. I... I let them come to me. And then I started to find leaders where one leader, she told me, she said, I'm in this office eight hours a day, sometimes later. She said, but when you see people come into my office in and out the door, I'm ministering to them. Mm. So it he sends you people that you need to minister to or, um, or talk to or just pour into. He sends you those people which is why I feel like we are in corporate because
0: they need us. Right, right. And so the answer is not to separate ourselves necessarily, Mm -hmm. but to what I'm taking away from what you're saying is it's about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit in -hmm. those conversations, in, in those moments. I love that encounter you just described in your cubicle where the guy comes in and just the way that you handled that you were clearly submitting and surrendering to the Holy Spirit and how you navigated that conversation. But if you had not already been a diligent student of the Word and, and just trying to grow in your own spiritual life, that conversation could have turned really ugly or it could have made you feel in a not-so-good way.
1: Right. And I've had those instances where I would tell somebody about hey, you know, this is what I do outside of work. And with me doing this outside of work, this is what, you know, it requires me to do things of God. And I literally had one guy, he said, yeah, I'm an atheist. So that doesn't matter. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let's go to the next, you know, let's go on to the next person. But he was also an assignment because he literally had to be my backup when I was out of office someday. Mm -hmm. And working with, This particular person, it challenged my spirit. It challenged every part of me. But I also realized in that challenge, it also taught me to stay grounded. How did you two work that out? How did it turn out? The first wave was I caught myself limiting what I say. So Mm -hmm. instead of me saying, oh, my God, I'll say, oh, my goodness. And I was convicted by that because I'm not here to make someone feel comfortable in that like if that's what you believe that's perfectly fine but what I'm not going to do is continue to limit my soul. the second phase of that is me literally being still because even when it came to Christmas of course you know with Christ and Christmas and things like that so we're talking about our favorite holidays and God was some people to speak on my behalf where I didn't even have to say anything so it'll be me and somebody else talking, and this particular person will always butt into conversations, whether we're talking to him or not. So when me and somebody else talking, we're talking about hey what are you what are you doing for Christmas with your kid?" And this person say, "Well, you know, it really doesn't matter. you know Christmas he wasn't born in December. he was born in a spring, and somebody else the other the person that I'm actually talking to would say, "Well, it's not about what year that he was born in it was the fact that he was born." And, you know, after he was born, he, he was born of a virgin Mary. Like, we don't know anybody that could do something that extent for us. This is not me talking. This is the person that was talking to me, talking to the atheist. Uh-huh. I didn't have to say nothing. Hmm. So it's letting those people talk on his behalf. And then um, as I got a little more confident, we'll talk about certain differences. So. He'll say things about how he's struggling financially or he has to help his mom do this or that. And he'll really be talking down on other people as if he was very much so better. So by this time, we had brought our home. So I was telling somebody else, we were talking about commutes to work. And this person was like, well, my commute is typically 45. The um, atheist person was just like, well... You know, I'm 15 minutes away. I stay in this place. It's a really nice location. It's walking distance between everything. Somehow they got onto the topic of how much they pay for their houses and things like that. He was like, yes, I have a 12, I think it was like 1,200 square feet. Um, but it was like a studio. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, in my investment property, um, I have about two or three of those in my investment property. And I don't pay that much. Mm-hmm. So it was un." Allowing you to see that, although we're doing the same thing, our decisions are guided by different things, which means that our fruit is different. Finally, I started to feel sorry for him because I realized he always came from a place of darkness. And how do you combat darkness with light? So I had to be the light. So it was in stages.
0: That's so good. That's, That's such a great and very practical real world example of how... You know, some people that God allows to come into our lives and our paths, it's a one moment kind of encounter, you know, bada bing, bada boom, we're done. And then there's other people that he allows to be there for a season and the relationship evolves over time. And, you know, as a relationship is built, right, then we can find different ways or the lord the holy spirit will create space will create room for certain conversations and certain moments one of my favorite verses is um about how you know one person water another one person plants one person waters but it's god who gives the increase and so mm. While you may not have openly, and maybe you did, and you just didn't share it, but from what you've shared, you didn't overtly say, "Well, in Romans chapter ten, it says mm-hmm. that whoever confesses that Jesus is Lord will be saved." Mm-hmm. You know, you know, <laughs> even it wasn't you didn't do the altar call, but right. <laughs> but you let your light. You learned how to let your light shine around him, and mm-hmm. it it also sounds as if you started to see the areas where he was broken and he was hurt Mm -hmm. and just having that empathy and demonstrating the love that we're all called to share with everyone, you know, love our neighbors as ourselves. That includes people who are of our faith and those are who are not of our faith. Right. And it's,
1: it's kind of, it's easy to sometimes love the people. It's easier to love the people who are of your faith. Like, Like you can have more empathy for them. But for someone who's not of our faith and they have the audacity to consistently get smart, you just want to tell them off one good time. But you also have to realize that that's you giving them what they want to say. That's what Christians of people of Christ do. So why would I even do that? So you always have to, in a sense, rise above it. And think like, what is it God seeking for me in this season? And Michael Todd used to always say that's still God's child, and that's okay. like, oh, that's still His child, like for real. Right. So it's kind of it's it's one of those things where you just have to realize that's still His child. Like God still called him for a reason. He may not know why. I may not know why. But that is still God's child. And that lessens the blow a little bit like that lessens the fact that you really wanted to go in and just give them one (laughs)
0: of your mind. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Tiendra, you are so funny. And (laughs) but I love how we started this conversational series with you where, you know, you talked about how you had that moment coming out of a really dark and broken place where you had to remind yourself of your identity in Christ. And whose you are, and now we're ending today's conversation with yet another reminder that we're all created by God. We're all yes. We're all His, whether we claim Him or not. I just love how this conversation is unfolding. Thank you so much for sharing with us today more about the crowned life, how you evolved into living congruently in all that God wants you to do. God bless you, and thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. It was so much fun.
0: Thank you for listening to the Cubicles and Christ podcast. I hope that you will like, subscribe, and share this episode. And please join us at cubiclesandchrist.com.